name is Christina Pierce, and today we will be talking about the world's most famous hacker, Kevin Mitnick. He is proof that some hackers don't always have malicious intent, but rather have a passion for knowledge. Through his undying love for seemingly impossible problem solving, he shows the world his abilities, and although he has a rough start, he eventually uses these skills for good. Born August 6, 1963, in Van Nuys, California, Kevin grew up during the rise of phone and computer technology. An interesting thing to mention is that when Kevin started hacking in the 1970s, there were no laws against hacking. Too young to even know what he was doing, Kevin's deception and social engineering began with the public transport system. At just 12 years old, Kevin found a way to ride the bus for free. The LA bus systems used a transfer slip system in which they would use a special paper punch the drivers used to mark the day, time, and route taken on the transfer slip. Kevin, methodically asking a bus driver where to obtain one of these special paper punches, bought his own puncher. He would get blank transfers in trash bins, discarded by bus drivers at the end of their shifts, and use them to travel anywhere the bus went in LA. This showed how bright he was at such a young age. Well, I started hacking, like back when I was a teenager in high school, I started in this hobby called phone freaking, and people go like, what's phone freaking? And phone freaking was kind of exploring the telephone network, or Ma Bell, back in the day, back in the 70s and 80s, to learn how the phone company, how the phone company worked. How when you could pick up the phone and dial it and talk to somebody on, in Australia. It was kind of fascinating. And I became interested in pulling pranks. I, was, I loved to pull pranks as a kid. At 16, in 1979, Kevin was peer pressured into his first hack, a hacker group that worked for the Los Angeles Unified School District. His so-called friends dared him to hack into the DEC computer system called the ARC. The Digital Equipment Corporation, or DEC, was a major American company in the computer industry from the 1960s to the 1990s. DEC was most known for its work in the mini-computer market starting in the 1960s. The ARC computer system was being used to develop DEC's RSTS-E operating system software. For context, RSTS was a multi-user time-sharing operating system that was being developed for DEC's PDP-11 series of 16-bit mini-computers. Kevin used his social engineering skills to gain access to the system, calling the system manager of the company and claiming to be Anton Chernoff, one of the project's lead developers. He claimed he couldn't log on to one of his accounts and impressively convinced the system manager into giving him access and letting him change his password. He now had access to DEC's RSTS-E development system, and he didn't just have user privileges. He had the same access as the system developers. The hacker group who challenged him to this hack hadn't believed he had really done it, and their jaws dropped as Kevin logged into the system, showing them his privileged access. Later that same day, the hackers who claimed to be his friends went to a separate location and, using Kevin's illegally gained access, started downloading source code of the DEC operating system. After getting their hands on all the software they wanted, they called the security department at DEC and told them that someone hacked their network and even gave Kevin's name. In 1981, Mitnick hacked into Pacific Bell at just 17. He infiltrated a computer system for mainframe operations, also called Cosmos, an exchange that belonged to Pacific Bell. He intercepted calls going through the exchange. Keep in mind, Kevin was just a 17-year-old kid at this point, so all he was doing was pulling pranks on these callers and making jokes. Subscribers complained, thinking it was the operators making these jokes. 
Kevin didn't end with the jokes, though. He gained access to billing statements, passwords, gateway combinations, and a system manual. It's interesting, though. Kevin never really hacked for money. He basically just did it because he could. It fascinated him that he could get away with so much behind the scenes. Mitnick tells Weekends on All Things Considered host Laura Sullivan that he was never interested in money or power. He says, My motivation for hacking was all about the intellectual challenge, the seduction of adventure, and most importantly, the pursuit of knowledge. An internal investigation was launched by the Pacific Bell's technicians and soon after he was caught. Lucky for Kevin, the judge sentenced him to three months in a reformatory and one year of probation. After high school, Kevin studied computers at the Computer Learning Center in Los Angeles. The school's computer manager realized that Kevin had found a vulnerability in their IBM mini-computer. Instead of serious punishment, the school administration had him do a project to enhance security for the school. In 1983, he was attending the University of South California, and using one of the university's machines, he gained access to ARPANET. ARPANET was established by the Advanced Research Projects Agency, or ARPA, of the United States Department of Defense. ARPANET was the first area packet-switched network with distributed control and implementation of the TCP-IP protocol. It was also only available to the Army, large corporations, and universities at the time. By hacking this network, he gained access to the Pentagon computers. A system administrator detected Kevin's intrusion and sounded the alarm, and soon after, Kevin was arrested on the university campus. He served six months jail time for this. In 1987, Kevin infiltrated the Santa Cruz operation, which was an American software company that was best known for selling three variants of the Unix operating system. This got him three years of probation. Then, in 1988, he took a second shot at D.C., which landed him in jail for a year. In 1992, he hacked into Pacific Bell yet again, which put a target on his back. He discovered after the fact that the FBI had set the Pacific Bell attack up as bait for him, as they hired an informant to lure Kevin into hacking the corporation. Kevin came to this realization too late, though, and he spent the next two and a half years on the run from the FBI. During his time as a fugitive, Kevin didn't stop his hacking endeavors. He stole information from the DMV to make fake IDs and used hundreds of cloned phones to avoid detection. He also tried to spy on the FBI, but he didn't realize how much of a case the FBI had built on him over the years. The FBI finally got him in February 1995 after he hacked into Sutomo Shimomura's computer, a research scientist. Mitnick pleaded guilty to four counts of wire fraud, two counts of computer fraud, and one count of illegally intercepting a wire communication. He spent the next five years in prison. He was at the top of the FBI's most wanted list, which actually seems a little extreme for his crimes, considering he wasn't actually stealing anything. He was just seeing what he could do. Other people thought so too, and his case was actually highly controversial, as people thought that his punishment was excessive for his crimes. There was even a free Kevin movement, but it didn't change the ending for Kevin. It's hard to argue against the facts. Kevin did, in fact, infiltrate tons of systems. And although these infiltrations weren't exactly malicious, he still did it. So it's hard to say where the government should have made an exception in this case. After his release in 2000, Kevin used his intelligence for good. He became a cybersecurity consultant with a 100% success rate, an author, a public speaker, penetration tester, and a brilliant teacher with a captivating background. Unfortunately, Kevin passed away on July 16, 2023 from pancreatic cancer. 
Kevin's story continues to be an inspiration for change and shows us there is a way to be better in the end. He impacted the way ethical hacking should be performed. He showed the vulnerabilities of human nature and our susceptibility to social engineering tactics, and he paved the way for the change in perspective of technology today. If you want to learn more about Kevin's story, I encourage you to read his books, a few notable ones being Ghost in the Wires and The Art of Infiltration. There are also a multitude of documentaries, a few being I Am Rebel and Freedom Downtime. Thank you for listening, and be sure to check in for next week's episode.